Bachelor Life with Brent and Jeff. All right, this is the Altar Life. We are excited to be back with you. That's right, with you, seems the like listener. A, seems like such a long time. It was. For us, it was. Indeed. For you, you just heard us last week. You heard a great episode from Second Timothy, but that was a replay. Now it's fresh, it's new, and it's exciting. We are starting a final look at Servanthood tonight in our To Serve and Protect series. I love this idea of Servanthood. And I hopefully will allow it to change my life. And love you all for joining us this evening on the Altar Life with Brett and Jeff. And uh, we're so privileged to be able to be with you guys and um, you know to be able to go through the word. And as Jeff said at the top, we're going to be going through Philemon tonight. Yes, we skipped over tights, but don't fear because we're going to catch that back in future weeks to come. So stay tuned. But we thought we'd go ahead and talk about Philemon and um, you know a book all about the depth and the reality of forgiveness and being restored and uh, how Christ restores us, you know, and it's not, um, it's not cheap. You know, we, we could be restored, you know, restore. I just think about when I hear, hear the word restore, I think about a car. Yeah. You know, you have this old clunker and it's sitting around and someone gets a hold of it and sees something in it that, uh, it once used to be. And, uh, in some cases, better than it ever used to be you know a lot of those guys they like trick out the car when they restore it better than it ever was when it was first made and um and that's what christ does right and christ does that he restores us most of the time i mean all the time better than we ever were before and uh so that's awesome we're gonna dig into that a little bit through the god's word i'm excited to go through that jeff yeah and tonight's topic is the servant's restoration as brent so eloquently said and when you said car i thought of uh when people restore like old pieces of furniture and like uh-huh. upholstery and stuff like that. So we're on the same wavelength, I think, as far as restoration. We don't often think about restoring someone back into fellowship with ourselves or with, you know, our church or whatever it may be. A lot of times we hold grudges and we keep people at a distance, but we're gonna knock that out tonight. If you miss the altar life, log on to www.thealterlife.com and listen to the most recent episode. All right, that was Dogs of Peace by Dogs of Peace. 90s flashback for you. I miss those fresh 90s flashbacks during our replays, but there was probably plenty of 90s flashbacks in all those replays, I'm sure. I'm sure. But uh, tonight we are in Philemon. Philemon. Sorry. Philemon. I don't know what I said. But. Um, we're really excited to start this new series with y'all, and um, you can stay tuned with us as we move into Titus next week. But um, the idea here, we uh, we had had our series back in Colossians, which was our last new series, and uh, at the end of Colossians, Paul actually mentions Onesimus uh, as someone who he's sending to Colossae, and that's who this book is about, this book of Philemon, which is why we chose to put this first before Titus as we finished up our Servanthood series. And uh, originally, when we did First Timothy, that series was supposed to be all three of these books. Believe it or not, you probably heard that when you listened to the replay that we played. But uh, how little did we know that it would actually take us 16 episodes to get through First, Second Timothy, and now six additional ones to get through Titus and Philemon. But that's how good the Word of God is. We find depth and uh, truth that just we can chew on for hours on end, right, Brent? That's right. And I'm excited about Philemon because it's a letter from Paul's heart. And um, just like all the other letters of, that he wrote, um, although this one's specific about someone, you know, it's neat because, you know, he talks, we've read in, um, 
you know, in, in Colossians and Philippians where he's, he says, I thank God for you and I thank God for every mention of you that I have. And like, you can see the love that Paul has for the body of Christ. Um, and here's a, like a, like a microscope zeroing in on one soul. And he's like, here's what I think, here's, here's what I think about Onesimus. And he's writing to Philemon here. And, uh, it's great. It's great. And I'm, let's just get right in. He says, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother. So Tim, Timmy's writing this too with him. Uh, he says, to Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer, to the beloved um, Aphia Archippus, <laughs> our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. He starts it off like any other letter, identifying himself and, and who he's writing to. And he's, it's great. He's writing to Philemon, our beloved friend, you know. From one friend to another, brother. Um, Postcards from prison, <laughs> <laughs> and it's neat to see that. And it says, you know, grace and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God, making mention of you always in my prayers. Paul praying for Philemon, hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledged men of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love. Because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. Philemon, what an awesome man of God, right? Paul's describing him. You know, um, somebody who um, has the love from the Lord and, uh, you know, he has great joy and consolation in his love. I mean, Philemon, a man of love, right? And uh, he's going to be calling him to love Onesimus here, and it's, we're going to get into that as we continue. Have you ever heard of Plato, Aristotle, Socrates? Yeah, moron. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. All right, that was a little rock and roll for your ears. That was "Get Back" by Nine Lashes. I really, I really like that song a lot, and I'm glad that we played it. Anyway, it's just one of those songs that just like kicks me in the face a little bit, but in a good way. Because <laughs> there is a good if way of getting kicked in the face. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, if you get kicked in the face by like your four month old when you're changing his diaper it doesn't hurt so much so i guess that's okay or, or my two and a half year old that still kicks as though he's like he i'm like all right either go on the potty or let me change your diaper but you can't be mad that you're not doing either <laughs> anyway tangent alert you missed this didn't you i did uh <laughs> so um we left off in verse eight we got this entire book to get through tonight, so we got to pick up the pace. Yeah, so twenty-five <laughs> verses, the entire book. But um, you know, he just Paul goes off on this entire like love letter to Philemon, or Philemon, um, <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Listen, man, your name means brotherly love. You've shown brotherly love to the church. You're a great guy. We love you." And now he's going to start to you know after he's buttered him up a little bit, he's going to start to kind of get down to the meat of what he is writing about. And he says, uh, therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, basically, I'm Paul. I can tell you whatever to do whatever I want because I'm Paul. <laughs> but he, he says, yet for your lo- for love's sake, I rather appeal to you being such a one as Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. So Paul kind of saying, you know, I could basically use my stature in the church and my authority as an apostle, but... I'm just doing it for love's sake, man. It's all about love, just like your name. That was a double play by Mainstay, Become Who You Are. Before that, you heard Where Your Heart Belongs. And Paul was, 
in the middle of his uh, appeal to Philemon, which is what we're talking about tonight, about this guy named Onesimus. And we're, we're going to talk a little bit more as we go. But uh, Paul basically saying, you know, I, I could come to you and say, I'm Paul, you know, you got to do what I say, because I, I'm kind of in charge of this whole church of the Gentiles thing. But he says, no, I appeal to you for love's sake. It's for the sake of love, the love that you are so willing to give to the saints and the people in your house church and and all these things that you're so well known for. For that very love, I'm going to ask you to go the extra mile when it comes to love and forgiveness. And um, that's where he left off in verse 9. So, Yeah, he says, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begot- begotten while in my chains, once, uh, sorry, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. Paul pleading for Onesimus. And, you know, I love that, that he's appealing, you know, he's like, please, you know, it's almost, and it's, and it's showing an amount of respect that he has for Philemon, um, respect for the Lord and respect for Philemon and knowing being confident. I think it wasn't just a buttering up thing. I think he's confident in the fact that Philemon will react in love and will react correct. He even says it a little later on. He's like, I know you're going to do the right thing and even more so. Yeah. He's like, so I'm going to appeal to you that you do the right thing here. And I think it's also neat to hear his heart sharing about the work that God's done in someone's life. Um, isn't it so often that we, you know, Onesimus, somebody who screwed up and did something and walked away from his master and did something, he was a slave and walked away, to have someone um, on behalf of him saying, oh, wait a minute, you got to, you know, he's changed. Something's really, truly happened. You know, he's really changed. And, uh, but consider this, you know, we all have a perspective going in on, on this different situation, especially if it's about somebody that's been burned us or that's screwed something up in our lives before. We have it. We kind of write them off as humans, don't we? We say, okay, whatever. You know, we have a perspective of that, that like that person will never change. That person's going to be that way forever. We kind of have that mentality. And, um, doesn't it take someone who we love at times to, to pull us aside and say, you know what, you're not really thinking about that person like correctly. Yeah, they might have rubbed you the wrong way, but, you know, don't don't always write them off. You know, I think about 1 Corinthians 13. Love believes all things, you know, hopes all things. Love never fails. It doesn't just write it off in the first, write someone off the first time they, they screw something up, you know. So, anyway, it's just interesting that Paul appeals to Philemon that way. All right, that was Forgive and Forget by Waverly, which is a great song for what we're discussing tonight. The restoration of a broken relationship between, in this case, a slave and his master, but uh, more importantly, between brothers and sisters in Christ and how important it is for us to put differences aside, put wrongs aside, and to love just as Christ has loved us, even while we are enemies, even. Um, verse 12, it says that Paul, is send, he says, I'm sending him back, Onesimus. And it's interesting because... The name Onesimus actually means useful, and Paul is talking about uh, just you know for he was once unprofitable, he wasn't useful to you, but now he's useful, just like his name says. <laughs> you know, it's kind yeah. of interesting when you see those kinds of things in Scripture play out. Um, you therefore receive him. That is my own heart, whom I wish to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. That's pretty interesting. If you look at that, he's saying you know if you receive him. You know, that's my heart. You know, you're receiving my very heart because that's how much I love this guy, Onesimus. 
so much so that I wish I could just keep him here. He's like, I want to. I'm kind of selfish in saying I want him to stay with me because he's so beneficial to me. And he's saying like, if he's ministering to me while I'm in my chains, and if you let, if I were to keep him here, it would be like you were ministering to me through him. You know, it's kind of interesting. He's like really saying to Philemon, like, this guy is he's the real deal. You know, he messed up, but he's he's a genuine believer, and he's so right on and he's so selfless by the way he ministers to me and and shares in the gospel so good it's no it's just neat to to know that this guy you know we don't know this whole thing actually what he did (laughs) what he's being restored from but we know that he was a servant that was unprofitable and we know that he found paul and his life got turned around by the lord and we know that paul sees him as useful and it's just so neat to see that god can change anybody you know, if you feel like you're un- useless tonight, God wants to use you, and your life is not over. God's got a purpose for you. You're unbelievable. The altar. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. All right, that was Get Back Up, Toby Mac. That's right, Toby Mac double play. We're getting this episode off on the right foot. Wouldn't you say, Toby Mac fans? Woo! That's right. That was them. I heard them. <laughs> Toby Mac fans like two people going, Woo. <laughs> two people that are bread. <laughs> Thank you. Was that a compliment? Or yeah. A backhanded compliment. <laughs> it was a compliment. Anyway, uh, it's our unbelievable episode, uh, segment, Jeff. Yay! Brand new unbelievable. Yay! <laughs> Tonight's unbelievable is the unbelievable feeling of being uh, reunited with someone you haven't seen in a long time and picking right back up where you left off, kind of like our story tonight. Someone being separated for a long time and being restored back into that that place of fellowship. And I, I just experienced this actually with a longtime friend of mine who is a missionary in Brazil, and I got to see him for the first time in a year or more. And it was like it was like we continued a conversation that we left off a year ago. You know what I mean? You, you just have those relationships with people, and it just feels great because there's no awkwardness. It's not like small talk or anything like that. It's like you just click. You know what I mean? It's good stuff. That's what I feel like with Brent. We we haven't done this in a while. But uh, it's like, this is what we do, man. This is how we roll. You get back into it. And it's like you never never stopped. And uh, you have a friend like that as well. And uh, we go see them. Uh, We get to see each other maybe once a year, twice a year. And... uh, you know, it's those people that you wish that they lived right, right down the street. <laughs> it's yeah. like, man, I wish I wish I saw you all the time. Uh, but when you do see them, it's just like, man, like it's like we never left each other. You know, this, the jokes are still the same. And, <laughs> and um, you know, I think you said it best because you don't have to get through this. You have to, have to get through the small talk first. It's like yeah. you go right down deep again because you've tread that path before. Yeah, and it's well uh, worn. Yeah, it's like we've been in this road before. We've been a lot deeper than this, and so like that's what we're craving, right? Yeah. Is that is that depth in our relationship? So to see each other again, it'll only feel cheap if we didn't go there again. You know, we didn't we didn't go back to that spot. And um, those are the relationships that just try. You know, they're awesome. And uh, you know, it's kind of like our episode tonight. Yeah, <laughs> I think Paul had a relationship with Anisimus like that. You know, he went deep. You know, he got to know him really well. And he saw how profitable he was and, um, you know, and wanted to share that with, with Philemon, which is really cool. But uh, that's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It's a good unbelievable. It's yeah, it is. not a crazy one or stupid one. It's a real, it's man, it's just unbelievable yeah. <laughs> to have friends like that. And if you don't, you know, keep following the Lord. Like God will give you someone, or pray, God will give you someone uh, just like that. 
The Alter Life. Music, truth, real, period. Tonight we're in Philemon. We're talking about um, this love letter, this letter that Paul wrote to Philemon, um, appealing to him as a man of God, as a brother in Christ. And um, we were talking about Paul is at a point where he was saying, I am sending him back, Onesimus back. You therefore receive him, that is, my own heart, which I wish to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. But without your consent, I wanted to do nothing, that your good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. And I love that, because he's, he doesn't want to just force Philemon into doing something that he doesn't want to do, just because Paul said it, right? He's like, he doesn't want disciples to just do things because that's what he said to do. Like he wants to, he wants, he wants Philemon to do it out of a heart, the same heart that he has for Onesimus, and so he's appealing to that, um, to that part of it. And I love that because you know our service a lot of times can feel like, you know, there's we've all been in those places where we were doing something for the Lord and we feel like it's out of compulsion, like it's out of something that, um, you know, we just feel like we have to do it. Like oh, it's my time in the schedule to do that. You know, like we've all been in those places in our lives where ministry became. Or serving the Lord became something we had to do. And uh, Paul's saying, you know what? I don't want you to love Onesimus and receive him because you have to do it. Or feel like, you know, you feel obliged. You know, you feel like I'm putting the guilt trip on you, so you got to do it. You know, I want you to do it because that's what God would want you to do. You know, and then I want you to have that so that you're voluntarily doing it out of your own, you know, own knowledge of what's right. And... And I, I, I love that because Paul, I, I, it means so much to me um, to hear Paul say that because he, had, he, he recognizes the fact that as humans, you know, we can kind of get wrapped around the you have to do it part of our walk with the Lord instead of just serving the Lord because, you know, he died for us, you know, and putting it in perspective when you look at the cross, man, I get to do this. You know, it's, it's of my own volition that I get to do this. It's not something I have to do. I want to do this because, Jesus, you love me so much. And as Brent was saying, there's a lot of things that we tend to do out of compulsion. But when it's of a pure heart and our motivations are to glorify God, it, it's effortless. You know, he's going to give us the ability to do that. Paul knows that, which is why he's appealing and saying, you know, I'm not going to lay this trip on you like Brent was saying and be like, oh, Paul, you got to do what I say. And if you don't, you're out of the church, <laughs> you know. Which I feel like we do that sometimes. It's like, you have to do this. Too bad if you don't like it. If you don't like it, you're not godly. <laughs> you, know, you get like this trip on you. That's interesting. But uh, Paul's spin on it is just so awesome because he sees it from a gospel perspective. He's not looking at it as as humans look at these scenarios. And, and you see like later on he's going to talk about you know if, if Onesimus owes Philemon anything. We don't know if finally, uh, Onesimus like, stole from uh, Philemon or if he didn't finish his task as a slave you know back in those days it wasn't as we think of slavery where you know people were just buying and selling people it was more like either you were purchased and, and that you that was your job or you owed that person something and you were working off that debt so if you look at it that way that finally it's like losing out on this and uh, you know it would be even if he forgives him to accept him with love, that's like going the extra mile. You know, it's, it's kind of like when you, people say, you know, I have to love him, but that doesn't mean I have to like him. 
You know what I mean? People say stuff like <laughs> yeah. that, like, because God tells me to love them, but I don't like them. You know, that's not acceptable in, according to the word and according to what we're called to as Christians. And it's a challenge when we read these verses. And then Paul puts it in great perspective. He says, for perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. What a great verse. I mean, that just that's like the centerpiece of the entire book. You know, maybe this happened. You know, God had a purpose for everything. You know, you look at Joseph's story when the brothers think that Joseph's going to kill him. He says, no, man, you intended what you did for me or did to me for evil, but God intended it for good. God was working out some a miraculous plan. The same could have been true about Philemon and Onesimus. The gospel may have reached further than it would have had these things not happened and not and Philemon not obeyed the call to love Onesimus and receive him back. So it's just really cool to see God working in those ways. Next up we have Forgiven by Reliant K. Alright, that was Forget and Not Slow Down by Reliant K. And Jeff, you were reading that part about, you know, maybe that's why the purpose you know, was different. And I think it's interesting because he's encouraging Philemon. And if you think about Philemon, his perspective is, okay, here's this good-for-nothing guy. He left me. And, you know, he's somewhere that, you know, is a slave that was useless to me. He's gone, right? You're nothing to me. <laughs> and uh, now now his life has changed. And Paul's talking to the, talking to Philemon about this guy again. Now, his pers- last perspective was uselessness, re- wrote this guy off, you know, hope I never see him again, whatever. And here's Paul coming and trying to tell me, like, he's useful all of a sudden. Like, and it, it's really, I'm getting more rocked tonight by thinking about my putting myself in Philemon's shoes. You know, would I accept this guy back? Like, you know, would I be able to see the Lord's perspective in this situation where maybe it wasn't all about me and just having a servant that was faithful. Maybe it was about this guy you know, being completely rocked for the Lord. And isn't it better to have not only just a, a servant, but also to have a brother in Christ? You know, and I think, you know, thinking about that, it's like, is it better off sometimes to let people go, you know, and let people, let the Lord deal with people in a way that they, that he wants to deal with them and not put other people in our box. I think so often we, we do that. We think people should do a certain thing and act a certain way because that's how we think God should work in their life. And we put them in a box instead of letting the Lord work out his His end in them. And um, even if it takes them to a place where we don't think they should go, um, you know, how often in our own lives have we looked back and we've seen, man, I, I've been through some really crazy stuff. And if I were me, I wouldn't have said I should have gone there and done that. But God had a purpose in it to the point where I learned so much more about who he really was at the end of it that I'm glad I went through it. I'm, I don't want to ever go through it again, but I'm glad <laughs> I went through that. And um, you know, ultimately, we, we're whole, horrible Holy Spirits in people's life, and um, we shouldn't we shouldn't do that to other people. Let God deal with them, because God's God. We're not. I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. That was Love Addict by Family Force 5. Hold up, wait a minute, put a little love in it. That's what Paul's basically saying here in the book of Philemon. And I like how you said that, Brent, because it's like, this book could have easily been Onesimus, not Philemon, but right. <laughs> but it really is, it, the perspective is from Philemon's perspective. Like, are we willing to, and as Jesus said, you know, 
if if father if, if the father forgives us, then who are we to hold back forgiveness from other people? We've not done anything, you know, worse than what we've done to God as far as our rebellion and our, you know, our our lack of respect and, and reverent awe for God. And for us to say, well, yeah, I, this guy better not cross my path again, or I'll, I'll show him what's what. You know, <laughs> that's that's Philemon's perspective. You know. And, and that's the thing that's so interesting is that Paul says all this stuff about how, you know, he loved, I've heard so much about how the, the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, you know, that's where the rubber meets the road when it becomes that the most unlovable person in your life. And I, yeah. I, I'm convicted by this because I just think about the people in my life where I am so willing to love people that have flaws and, and have wrong, done things that are wrong. Until it's somebody that's done something wrong to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, hey, come on, man. You gotta. We need to love each other. And just You need to forgive that person for what they did to you. I don't have to forgive them for what they did to me, but you have to forgive them for what they did to you. You know what I mean? It's just really easy when the shoe's on the other foot. But to, to be in Philemon's shoes and have Paul the apostle saying, this guy's for real, man. It's kind of like the apostle. Paul knows exactly what this is like because... He had to meet the apostles after being the guy who was killing the apostles, you know, or killing the disciples. I'm sure he experienced this, like, where it was like, no, no, no for real, this this guy is saved. He's a, he's a brother, you know. You don't have to be afraid of him. So Paul was the uh, the recipient of acceptance and love and restoration in that regard. So how much more he he's pleading for it on Onesimus's behalf? It's just really interesting, like all the different. The personal aspect of this story, which a lot of the epistles don't have, you know what I mean? Just the, the interpersonal relationship that's going on here. It's pretty interesting. You know, he goes on and he makes it even deeper because he says, If then you count me as a partner, receive him as you would me. But if he has wronged you or owes you anything, put that on my account. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand and I will repay. Not to mention to you that you owe me even yourself besides. Yes, brother, let me have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord. Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. But meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me, for I trust that through your prayers I shall be granted to you. Paul's like, look, you know, I mean what I'm saying here to the point where I'll pay whatever this guy owed you, I'll pay for him. And because uh, I believe solely, I, I'll put everything that I have, my reputation, I put everything I have into the, into the work of God in this brother's life. And, um, I mean, if I was Philemon and I had Paul tell me that, I'd think twice, you know, and I think it's neat to, it's neat that he went to battle for Onesimus here, you know, and it's, it's just a testimony of the work that the Lord does in someone's life. And, um, as Brent was saying, you know, Paul takes the, kind of takes the position of Christ here where he's saying, you know, whatever he's done wrong, put it on me. That's what Jesus did for us. And that's where we find ourselves in this story, you know. He took the punishment, or took the he paid the debt that we did that he didn't owe. You know, in other words, uh, which is so often said, but so true. Um, he paid a debt that he didn't owe because we owed a debt that we couldn't pay. Um, that's Philemon and Onesimus. That's the story that we see acted out in front of us in these pages. And uh, he says, basically, like, I'm going to pay you back, but hey, remember, I, I got you to know christ as well so he's like just to, just thought i'd mention that you know you're a christian because of me just putting that out there <laughs> you kind of owe me a little bit paul it's just masterful how he 
he kind of puts Philemon in a tough spot here. It's like, yeah, it's not going to look too good if you don't do this, but it's all on you, buddy. You can do it. Um, but what a great, great little story. I mean, you really kind of see this play out in a drama almost. You know what I mean? It's like very, very realistic, very human in, in regards to these things. It's really cool. And isn't Paul like Christ here where he says, like you said, here's a guy who was a slave and was a servant of Philemon. If you put, I'm not saying Philemon was like God the Father, yeah. but it's almost like Jesus going to his father in heaven saying, but Brett, Jeff, these guys were not useful to you at all, but I plead to you that and whatever they owe you, I'm going to put it on my own account, but I plead to you, accept them back. Isn't that what Jesus did for us on the cross? And how neat to see that in a human relationship here with Anesimus and Philemon. So, awesome, Jeff. Great episode. We're going to end with one more song, but until next week, be cool, cats. Live for Christ. (laughs) 